Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter the Burner Less Lethal Pistol Launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance, and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's HealthLock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. All right, so I have insomnia, but I've never slept better. And what's changed? Just a pillow. It's had such a positive impact on my life. And, of course, I'm talking about my pillow. I fall asleep faster. I stay asleep longer. And now you can, too. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-919-6090. Use the promo code Hannity. And Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has the special four-pack. Now, you get 40% off two MyPillow premiums and two go-anywhere pillows. Now, MyPillow is made here in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com right now or call 800-919-6090, promo code Hannity, to get Mike Lindell's special four-pack offer. You get two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows for 40% off, and that means once those pillows arrive, you start getting the kind of peaceful and restful and comfortable and deep-healing and recuperative sleep that you've been craving and you certainly deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity. You will love this pillow. Looking for... Information, dirt on Hillary Clinton from the Russian government and expecting an agent of the Russian government to be providing it to him and having the meeting showing and again signaling the Trump campaign is open for business. We will accept information no matter how it is obtained legally or illegally. And that is potentially a violation of the Espionage Act. Yes, 
treason. We're, we're now beyond obstruction of justice in terms of what's being investigated. This is moving into perjury, false statements, uh, and even into potentially treason. Uh, given that you say this meeting could border on treason, I want to broaden that out. Uh, does that mean that Paul Manafort, Jared Kushner uh, are bordering on treason as well, as uh, along with Don Jr., and then also uh, that Michael Flynn is bordering on treason and that the president himself is bordering on treason because all of them have sought out damaging information when it, uh, about Hillary Clinton from the Russians. Thirdly, uh, there's outright treason. I mean, there is no question uh, that what he is doing is giving aid and comfort to the enemy. Donald Trump Jr., um, what he did was a threat to our democracy and borderline treason. Here's the facts reported in the New York Times article. Come very close, if not crossing the line, with respect to treason. If we, We've got to start being outraged. This is the scariest thing I've seen in my life in, in politics. Now, what's this mean legally in terms of the Constitution and high crimes and misdemeanors? Well, legally, this is a smoking cannon. Uh, first of all, you've got violations of the federal campaign laws. I think what we're learning uh, with the Trump Jr. meeting is when you meet with any Russians, you're meeting with Russian intelligence and therefore President Putin. The criminal activity, the unconstitutional activity of this president and his family. So I have dubbed them the uh, criminal clan. This is... Evidence of willingness to commit collusion. He's saying, yes, I had the intent to collude. I went in, I took the meeting, which by definition is colluding. <laughs> I, 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 he's admitted to the crime. Likely, Not as many of us that worked on the campaign thought that the Trump campaign may have been colluding with the Russian government, Never in my wildest dreams did I ever think you'd see a piece of evidence that would be as much of a smoking gun as this email. A senior advisor and someone who was in the top tier of the Trump campaign colluded through the classic dictionary definition of what that word means. Miriam Donald Trump Jr. gave us the dots. All we have to do is to connect them to see where this is going. <laughs> All right, happy uh, Thursday. Glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of the program. Three big, huge stories today. Massive, massive win as we now have the Internal Revenue Service admitting, yeah, everything we knew. They did target Tea Party groups under Obama. You want to know why they did it? Because they did it because they wanted Obama to win in 2012. And the Tea Party movement was growing and it was energized. I remember we were in Atlanta in April of 2010 and 25,000 people showed up in the streets of Atlanta. And it was happening in cities all around the country. So the reason they targeted these groups is, oh, once they're targeted by the IRS, well, now they're checking on their tax status. Now they're taking away their time and their energy and their focus from winning elections and they're turning it into, uh oh, we've got to hire lawyers, spend our money here and spend all day defending ourselves and fighting for what is rightly ours, which is a particular tax status for for groups like the Tea Party uh, uh, patriots, et cetera, and on and on and all these different Tea Party groups. Now the IRS admits that their treatment during the tax exempt determinations process included screening their applications based on names or policy positions, subjecting those applications to heightened scrutiny 
and inordinate delays in demanding that some of the plaintiff's information be determined was unnecessary to the agency's determination of their tax-exempt status was wrong. So they basically, let me interpret this for you. The IRS, just like the intelligence community, was used and weaponized against people that are conservative. That doesn't sound like the Democratic Republic that we've come to love. They use the IRS as a weapon. Maybe that's why, with all the Obama holdovers, because the Senate can't make any appointments, so it seems, as it relates to the president's government that he wants to hire, unlike the Obama administration, maybe that's why I've been audited three times in a year, and I pay more than my fair share. It's unbelievable. I'm sure there are a lot of holdovers there, too. And now, you, of course, now you pay your attorneys, then you pay your, your tax people, then you pay your accountant people, then you pay this one and that one. Then you're looking for receipts from, uh, you know, four years ago and trying to figure that out, even though when you look at the percentage of tax I pay, it's simple. There's not that many deductions. It's ridiculous. Um, and it's frustrating. All right, that's one of three stories that we're going to hit today. Jay Sekulow was the American Center for Law and Justice, by the way. That, in fact, they just obtained the resounding victory. It was their legal challenge to the IRS's political targeting of conservative organizations. There were other groups, I believe, as well that were helping, but uh, got to give a, a victory lap to Jay Sekulow and the American Center for Law and Justice on all of this. It's a big, huge admission. You know what, though? It's like Ray Donovan, who worked in the Reagan administration. Where do I go to get my good name back? Well, now they were effective. They effectively stopped the Tea Party movement in its tracks, and many groups that were going to be active in the 2012 campaign. And they successfully prevented them from being a factor. So they got what they wanted in spite of all of this. Well, how do they begin to rebuild those groups when they had all the momentum? And then do they get their money back for the lawyers, the accountants, and the tax people they hired? I tend to think not. Anyway, now we also have the dossier issue, which we're going to get into in in big detail today. And we've got huge new news on the Uranium One deal. Now, literally, just as we were going on the air last night, the Department of Justice allowed the FBI informant. Who's the FBI informant? He's the guy that infiltrated what was a Russian Putin Moscow effort network where they sent in Russian operatives into the United States. And this FBI informant has evidence, emails, documents, recordings, and obviously his own interactions with the Russians. Money was handed over. Bribes were were involved in this. Kickbacks were involved in this. Extortion was involved in this. Racketeering was involved in this. And we knew all of this was happening back in 2009. But they had put a muzzle on this guy. Now, then you get all the same players' names come back into play. The FBI director at the time was Robert Mueller. Rod Rosenstein, well, I think he was the head of the, the, the Maryland district where he was involved in the investigation. He knew all this evidence existed from the FBI. Eric Holder knew all this evidence existed in the FBI. This FBI informant is also saying that that a lot of the details about what Putin Russia was trying to do to to corner a market or part of the market of the uranium market in America, that that was in the presidential daily briefing every day. So that would mean Obama knew. 
So the question is, what did they know? When did they know it? That is all now becoming relevant. And especially now that the Department of Justice is going to allow this informant, one of the key players, if not the key player, with all the evidence that he saved in this Russian nuclear bribery, Uranium One bribery plot, and this whole Uranium One scandal. And now he's going to be able to testify before Congress. By the way, his attorney is going to be here with us, Victoria Tunsing and Jay Secular, are all going to stop by today. Also going to talk about the Fusion uh, GPS issue. I have somebody that says they're nothing but a hit squad and a smear squad. Um, all these talking points of the Democrats, they're all lying on that point. Well, Republicans, there was a Republican that first hired. No, it's not true. And there was no involvement of Russians being paid money to smear Donald Trump so the media and the Democrats could go out there with their talking points every day. Oh, well, a Republican did it. No, no that, that all happened when Hillary Clinton was funding the smear campaign. So a lot happening today. And massive fallout over all of this. It's like in the last 48 hours, everything that we have analyzed now for two years. We have the first interview with Peter Schweitzer, wrote the book Clinton Cash. Everything from that day forward, it never made sense, did it? How does it make sense to give 20% of America's uranium to Vladimir Putin and the regime in Russia, a hostile regime and a hostile actor? It never made sense. And the, the amount of money that we knew the Clintons got kicked back to them, this is insane money. All people associated with the deal. Well, now we know. There was evidence. Now we know. The government knew. The FBI knew. The FBI had an informant. They had a guy on the inside. Had a guy making deals with Russian agents. They knew what Vladimir Putin's intentions were. You know, and, you know, we even have now the DNC... They're scared to death. The new the new DNC chair, Perez, is saying, oh, I don't know anything about this. This is way before my time. And then on top of that, we've got Hillary Clinton's former spokesperson saying that, oops, she might have known. Of course she knew. They funded the whole operation. What do you think? Six, nine million dollars is going to escape the Clintons and they're not going to know where the money went. Sorry, I'm not buying that. Any that doesn't meet, meet the smell test in any way. And for now, over a year, we have the Clintons lying, all of them, the Clinton team lying to the American people about their involvement. Now, this is what is getting amazing here. This, what we're learning now is everything we suspected and the difference between the phony Trump-Russia collusion story and the Clinton-Russian collusion story is we have all of the incontrovertible, overwhelming amount of evidence here. Now, it's pretty, all of it's pretty unbelievable. Now, the media has been wrong for an entire year. They're, of course, nothing but an extension of the press office of the Democratic Party. But what we've been covering, and there are a lot of brave people here. Peter Schweitzer, who got it started. Sarah Carter, who, who ex, she was the first to tell us about the, the FISA warrants with John Solomon. These, these guys have been, you know, taking a lot of heat for their reporting. And now all their reporting is getting corroborated and confirmed. And, and I think there's so much more to come. Well, I know there's more to come. I, know, I told you last night at 9 o'clock I'd have big news. We did. The FBI informant's NDA has now been lifted. And I've been saying all along that the Democrats and the media have been flat out lying to you. Now that is coming to fruition. And there's going to be even more evidence in the days to come of 
of deception, of lies, corruption, of blackmail, bribery, extortion. It's all going to come out. It's all coming out as we speak. I can't even tell you what I'll know by 9 o'clock tonight. That's less than six hours away. That's how fast this thing is breaking. All right, so we'll get to all these issues. The uh, big victory over the IRS targeting Tea Party groups. Well, we got an apology out of them. What else? And, of course, the dossier issue, which we're going to get into, uh, which Hillary funded. And, of course, the Fusion GPS Uranium One scandal. But What do you think of when you hear the word Lutheran? Do you think liberal, women in clerical collars, gay marriage, social justice warriors? Find out how the 16th century Lutheran Reformation was really a conservative movement intent on reform, not revolution. With the podcast Issues Etc. Issuesetc.net. Real Reformation Radio. Issuesetc.net. Issuesetc.net. Where is Donald Trump today as you are just now beginning your presidency? So the one thing that I really thought, because I thought I was treated very unfairly by the press during the campaign. And when I won, I said, the good news is now they'll start treating me well. But they got much worse. Lou, they put on stories on CNN and on NBC and CBS and ABC. And NBC being an offshoot also with the MSNBC, which is ridiculous. They put on stories that are so false. They have so-called sources that, in my opinion, don't exist. You know, they'll say, sources have said. They don't, they're sitting down, they just, they make it up. It is so dishonest. It is so fake. And, you know, I have come up with some pretty good names for people. I think one of the best names is, you know, I've really started this whole fake news thing. Now, they've turned it around, and then now they're calling, you know, stories put out by, diff- by Facebook fake, and right. they're fake. What could be more fake than CBS and NBC and ABC and CNN when you look at some of these stories and when you look at the amount of negative? I know when I do well and when I do better. I know a good story from a bad story. But when you have a really good story and they make it bad, I'll say to my wife, oh, tonight I'm going to enjoy watching television because I did great. And wait till you see this. And then they put it on and it's like, oh, that's not so good. They are fake news. What I was amazed at, it's almost $6 million that they paid and it's totally discredited. It's a total phony. I call it fake right. news. Uh, it's disgraceful. It's disgraceful. I think her word that she likes to use that's so serviceable about that dossier, yeah, yeah, right. it debunked. It's been debunked. Well, and, and then uh, I understand recently she said, well, opposition research, opposition research is very standard. So, you know, it's very interesting. Uh, she denied it. Her own people denied it. Everybody denied it. And now they're sort of uh, scooting around trying to figure out what to say. So they spent, if you think of it, almost $6 million on something like that. And uh, I think, honestly, I just think it's a disgrace. May even be higher than $6 million. And yeah, how long have I been saying journalism's dead? That there's an information crisis in the country? The news media is an extension of the Democratic Party. They're basically their press office. Do you realize how little coverage there has been... Clinton and all of her associates lied over the phony Russian dossier. That was Russian paid for propaganda to manipulate the outcome of our election. I thought liberals were upset about all of that. Apparently not, because they're ideological hacks. 
and inconsistent. What do you think of when you hear the word Lutheran? Do you think liberal, women in clerical collars, gay marriage, social justice warriors? Find out how the 16th century Lutheran Reformation was really a conservative movement intent on reform, not revolution. With the podcast Issues Etc., IssuesETC.net, Real Reformation Radio, IssuesETC.net, IssuesETC.net. I-25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. This is huge what happened last night because now that the FBI informant in the Uranium One case, the guy that has the evidence, the documents, the emails, firsthand experience of Russians and Vladimir Putin's thugs and enterprise people that wanted to set out to and got through bribery, extortion, kickbacks, money laundering, uh, 20% of America's uranium. Now the proof is there. Now it's going to come out. Oh, this is an old story. You know, this is, I know somebody that works at another channel. And I just got frustrated because I couldn't take it anymore. And I just said, do you ever read? Do you ever read? Do you, you know, that's an old story. And I'm like, no, it's not an old story. And it's like, it's for those people that have made the decision that they don't like Donald Trump. That's it. it it's sort of like, you know, Ben Sassass, whatever his name is, uh, of Nebraska and and Jeff Snowflake of Arizona and uh, John McCain and Corker the Porker. You know, I mean, it's just all these people. They made up their minds. And even though Donald Trump wants to control the borders, cut middle class taxes, cut corporate taxes Bring back m- trillions in, in repatriated money that is parked offshore. Those are all Reagan ideas. Ke- Kennedy-esque, Reagan-esque tax cuts. Even though he wants to say radical Islamists are our enemies, which I thought Republicans wanted to. He, he wants to repeal and replace Obamacare with free market solutions. And, and th- they can't get over their hatred. You know, there's a big deal. Oh, gee, Mitch McConnell's now going to. Fight back. Mitch McConnell's going after Bannon. Well, Mitch McConnell tried to take on Bannon and and every other conservative that wanted to drain the swamp in Alabama. And he got his ass kicked after he spent millions and millions of dollars against Mo Brooks and uh, against uh, against Roy Moore. Excessive expectations. All right, stop. I can't stand. I, I can't even stand the sound of his voice anymore. Expressive expectations. They, they are, uh, judges by what we do in two years. Yeah, great. I'm on, I'm on food stamps. I can't wait for two years. Maybe I'll have a shot in two years. If you can get off your ass and keep your promise. What's so hard about keeping your promise? What is so hard about fighting for the American people? You know what guys like Ben Sass the ass and, and Porker Corker and, and all these other people, McCain, and, and I, you know what their problem is? They don't. They're so entrenched in the establishment. They're so a part of the swamp. It's that they can't even see they're part of the swamp. And they think they're right because they've got in their minds an image of how a president's supposed to act. And if you don't act right, they think you ought to act with the public decorum and and not be so crass and outspoken and conflict-oriented. Trump is fighting. He's fighting to get a job done, which he's done his whole life, except now he's trying to fight for other people. 
it's not about Trump. Trump can go retire and, and, and go anywhere he wants, do anything he wants. He's got billions. He's fine. So he says, you know what? I'm going to take the skills I learned as a businessman. I'm going to run for president, and I'm going to fight for the American people. That's what he's, he's fighting. Ted Cruz is fighting. Rand Paul is fighting. The, the Freedom Caucus is fighting. The rest of them suck. They're just pathetic. And it's so frustrating. Anyway, I got I digressed here a little bit. And so all these people that don't know, there's so much new information about this Uranium One deal. Now, finally, we now know in 2009, we didn't know this for you morons that work in cable television that are too stupid to pick up something and read it. You know, we didn't know that we had an FBI informant. I, By the way, I did. I knew this now. for I've known this information is out there forever. And there's more coming. And the FBI informant that infiltrated the Vladimir Putin network that was designed to infiltrate and then take over as much of America's uranium market as possible. Well, the FBI informant knew in 2009 about the bribery, the kickbacks, the extortion, the money laundering, and the racketeering. He knew. And that means Robert Mueller knew because Robert Mueller is the head of the FBI. And that means that Rod Rosenstein knew because he was in charge of this particular case for whatever district he was working at, whatever. And then we've got, you know, we're told that President Obama knew. Eric Holder had to know because Eric Holder is the head of the Justice Department. The Justice Department runs the FBI. And he single-handedly, he was one of the nine that signed off with Hillary. And millions of dollars in, in money was passed on. And Putin wanted this and wanted this bad. We've been lectured now for a year about what a bad actor that Vladimir Putin is, what a hostile regime Russia is. So now this guy, finally, after he'd been pretty much muzzled, this poor guy who who did his job, did his duty, wants to share it with Congress. Now the muzzle is taken off. The NDA is now removed And the announcement came out last night. The Department of Justice released saying, as of tonight, the Department of Justice has now authorized the informant to disclose to the chairman and ranking members of the Senate Committee on the Judiciary, the House Committee on Oversight and Government Reform, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, as well as one member of each of their staffs, any information or documents he has concerning alleged corruption or bribery involving transactions in the uranium market. So now he's free to talk. And before the news broke, it broke just before we came on Hannity last night, but I knew it was coming. I told you. I'm not trying to hide it from you. There's just so much happening now. This is, we're only touching the surface. This is getting bigger and bigger. You know, my, my problem now is, you know, how long can I go in my nightly monologues to, to explain it in a way that everybody gets it? And, and I'm literally trying to condense this information to make it as understandable as possible. And I find myself, as I'm piecing it all together, you know, I'm like, it's hard to keep it all straight between the dossier and Uranium One and, and then, of course, the Clinton email scandal and then the Debbie Wasserman Schultz scandal. And then you've got, you know, the whole issue involving Julian Assange and Russia and he said to me numerous times it wasn't Russia. 
Anyway, so, you know, when you think of it, though, it doesn't make sense to give 20% of America's uranium to Vladimir Putin, does it? For any reason. Why would anybody sign off on that deal? And knowing that he had infiltrated and had spies in this country that were working daily to make this happen, and bribery, extortion, and kickbacks, and racketeering, and money laundering, all involved in the pro- We knew it! You got There's no other conclusion I can come to except they sold our country out for their own selfish gain, especially the Clintons. Anyway, I, you know, the president, you know, went out there yesterday and the president made his comments. He says it's worse. It's beyond worse than Watergate. Watergate was out of break in to get information on another party, you know, in an election campaign. This is about literally sacrificing at the altar of money, apparently, America's national security interests. I, it's beyond, I couldn't even write a novel this deep because nobody would believe it. Anyway, so I, you take it a step further, the Uranium One scandal will, will, as I predicted, all well over a year, two, about two years ago, year and a half ago, it's going to be the biggest scandal in American history involving a foreign country and a foreign entity and an American enemy. It's happening right before your eyes. We're living history right now. And it's uh, about time that, you know, Senator Grassley is leading the way, calling for a special counsel. That's only part of it. But we now have all the evidence. Now the evidence is going to be freed up, including apparently tapes of these conversations with Russian operatives and others. And it's a, slowly we're going to get the full picture. And I'm telling you right now, people are going to go to jail over this. If there's any if we if we have Equal justice under the law. Hillary Clinton belongs in a jail cell. If we'll see what time begins to show us here. There's a reason. And I love And then you watch conspiracy theorist Rachel Maddow. You know, she's got this cult following of all things hate Trump. Conspiracy theories, black helicopter conspiracies, you know, tinfoil hat conspiracies. It's a conspiracy a night. And she's got her you know, cult of little following there. And so she has the attorney general on two nights ago on a show. How many questions do you think she asked Eric Holder, who signed off on the Iranian one deal? It's all over the news. How many questions did she ask him about Uranium? None. Zero. Nothing. It's be- this is, she calls herself, a- she doesn't even admit she's biased. She actually calls herself a journalist. And I said last night on TV, you know, this is under the banner of NBC News. Matt Lauer, are you proud? You know, NBC Nightly News. Who does the Nightly News now? Lester Holt. Is Lester Holt proud? Megyn Kelly's been slamming Fox. She considers herself a news. But is she proud of this? I'm just asking the questions. It's a tremendous disservice. This is beyond malpractice. This is now... You know, and when you get to the dossier, the dossier was, you know, the whole issue. Hillary Clinton is lying, has lied forever. Whole dossier was Russian propaganda paid for, brought to you by Hillary Clinton and the DNC. And and the lies came from Russia. The lies that they paid for came from Russia. And we've heard nothing. Russia, Russia, Russia. Now there's no talk about Russia. 
Nobody wants to talk about Russia anymore. Wow. Scary. And then we've got the new information, you know, the millions of dollars to finance this fake news, this this anti-Trump dossier. By the way, didn't it sound a little dumb? Donald Trump was in Moscow in the Ritz-Carlton with two hookers peeing in his bed, urinating in his bed. That's what they're saying. That's what they believed. That's what the media said. That's what the media repeated. That's what every Democrat repeated. And they began to believe it. It was never true. It was Russian propaganda. It's Russian misinformation, Russian lies that, they, that Hillary paid for. You know, the DNC played a direct role. The media played a direct role. Hillary played a direct role in spreading Rus- Russian propaganda, outright lies, to damage a political opponent and alter the outcome of an election. That's what they did. There's nothing that they won't do or say for power. That's Russian collusion. Unlike the conspiracy theories that we've heard for the last year, this case is real. This case has evidence, emails, documents, recordings, eyewitnesses, has it all. And now they're not interested. It's beyond the pale. There's a group called the Campaign Legal Center. They filed a complaint with the FEC saying that Hillary Clinton, the DNC, broke the law by failing to disclose their payments connected to the new dossier. By the way, it is interesting. Who do we have plead the fifth? The GPS Fusion guys pled the fifth. Who else didn't talk? Brian, what was Pagliano? No, Brian Pagliano. You know, Hillary Clinton. It's a felony if you mishandle classified top secret special access information. It's a felony if you destroy it. Hillary did it. It did both of those things at a high level. You know, and then bleach bit used on the servers. And then, of course, breaking up with hammers, blackberries and iPhones. And then, of course, that's called obstruction of justice. There are 17 crimes I can lay out for you here. Federal bribery statute, federal gratuity statute, mail fraud statute, wire fraud statute, program bribery statute, travel act, racketeer influence, organized crime act. Knowingly, willfully mishandling classified information, the Espionage Act. Uh, mishandling classified information through gross negligence. Even Comey admitted that. Unauthorized removal and retention of classified material. I can keep going. You know, it's um, the president's right. The president was right all along. I was right all along. Like, we were right, we were right a lot. We were right about Obama. We vetted Obama. Nobody else would. We were right about Duke LaCrosse. We were right about Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman. We were right about... Reverend Wright. We were right about Ayers and Dorn, Acorn, Alinsky, Frank Marshall Davis. We were right that Trump could win. We were right about Freddie Gray, Baltimore. Right about Michael Brown. Hands up, don't shoot. We're always right. Right, you know. And here we are. We're right again. We're going to get a lot of credit, I'm sure. That's going to be a headline. I can't believe the day has arrived. We've worked on this now for two years, but tomorrow in theaters near you, let there be light. I think an inspirational movie that will stimulate your heart, your mind, your your soul is uh, hitting theaters. And you can find it at Hannity.com or LetThereBeLightMovie.com. And uh, we're really, I'm just really proud of this project. You can take the whole family. You'll When you see this movie, I can promise you this, you'll know why we decided to be independent and wanted nothing to do with any theater. 
So we'll get into that. Now, when we get back, Victoria Tunsing, the counsel for the FBI informant at the center of this Uranium One deal, and Jay Seculo. That's next as we continue this busy news day. Well, I think the uranium sale to Russia and the way it was done so underhanded with tremendous amounts of money being passed, I actually think that's Watergate modern age. How could you not know that the Clinton team was paying for it? And didn't someone in the Clinton campaign know this? Mark Elias certainly did. Right. Uh, I'm sure that there is a small group of folks that were aware of the nature of uh, the decision to hire Fusion back in the spring of 2016. But it was kept for reasons that I can understand to a very select group, given the sensitive nature of who they hired, uh, a former MI6 agent, Christopher Steele. Uh, This was the Democrats coming up with an excuse for losing an election. It's an election that's very hard for a Democrat to lose because the Electoral College is set in such a way that it's very hard to lose that election for a Democrat. They lost it. They lost it very badly and very easily. I mean, you look at the votes. It was 306 to what, 223 or something. They lost it by a lot. They didn't know what to say, so they made up the whole Russia hoax. Now it's turning out that the hoax has turned around and you look at what's happened with Russia and you look at the uranium deal and you look at the fake dossier. So that's all turned around. All right. So that was the president speaking out about what we've been telling people now for ever. We had big breaking news last night on uh, Hannity on the Fox News Channel and the the FBI informant that had infiltrated for some four years now has had his NDA lifted, meaning his non-disclosure agreement. Remember back in 2009 that the FBI was able to have documents and emails and tapes. And, of course, uh, uh, the all, his own experience having been an informant for four years in this whole issue of Vladimir Putin trying to corner the market of uranium in America – And now he's finally going to be able to talk, I assume, first to congressional committees. There are two in the House, one in the Senate. Uh, The counsel for this FBI informant is uh, Victoria Tunsing, friend of this program. And, of course, this man is at the center of this whole Uranium One investigation. Uh, Thank you, Victoria, for being with us. Uh, Jay Sekulow from the American Center for Law and Justice, also chief counsel to the president, is with us. And by the way, congrats, Jay Sekulow, because I see that the IRS uh, and the case that you took on, uh, in other words, the IRS has admitted now that the targeting of Tea Party groups did, in fact, happen. That's your case. And they signed a consent order. And Jeff Sessions, the attorney general today, said there was no excuse for the conduct. Hundreds of organizations were affected by their actions. And that today's settlement makes clear that the abuse of power will not be tolerated. That's not from me. That is from the Department of Justice that was representing the IRS. So a great settlement to those Tea Party and conservative groups that were targeted. We're thrilled with the outcome of that. Well, I had three separate audits in just the last year. I wonder if this is related to it because I'm a conservative and I always pay my taxes. And it's beyond aggravating and expensive when they do this to you. But I think that was done and a reaction to the 2010 Tea Party movement that was becoming effective. And once they get bogged down with lawsuits, they can't spend money or time on anything else. Well, and this one went on for three years. But as I said, a great conclusion uh, to the 
case and very glad that it's been rectified for our clients who all now have their tax exempt status, by the way, and a declaratory action that the government will not only not do that again, but what they did was inappropriate. So good start for that one's done. Do people, so do, the people get, do people get held accountable for that? Lois Lerner, for example? Well, it's the, our case was not against Lois Lerner. Our case was against, I mean, Lois Lerner was a defendant in her official capacity. She, of course, then was fired, fired or quit or whatever they want to call it. She was gone. So this goes to more of the policy and practices of the Internal Revenue Service itself. So they can no longer do so what they outrageous. were doing. Yeah, it was outrageous. And the good news is that's not happening again. Now yeah. we got a court order to justify it. So, all right, let me let me go yeah. to Victoria. You're representing this FBI informant, and I know there's only so much you're able to share with us because of attorney-client privilege. But the lifting of this non-disclosure agreement is massive because apparently he had what infiltrated for four years, right? As it relates to this whole network of people, including spies within the U.S. that were working for Vladimir Putin and Russia to get a hold of the American uranium market. He was talking to a lot of the Russians here in the United States that were involved in this uranium project to get the uranium one deal authorized by CFIUS. And uh, so he heard all the conversations that went on and what they were talking about and how they were trying to influence the U.S. government. Um, uh, he, He is no longer bound, of course, by the NDA. Thank you, FBI. But... Now comes some hard part because we're going to have to prepare him for uh, talking to – it'll be the Senate Judiciary Committee first. Do we know when that's going to happen? Sean, it's going to happen after I get back from California in two weeks. Oh, okay. So you got a you got a planned vacation. Uh, sounds like with uh, Joe DeGeneva, your partner and your your best friend. But um, okay, so and, and staying at Jackie Autry's house, Jean Autry's widow. But um, he needs these two weeks to really get things organized because until this occurred, he didn't know if he was going to be doing something, you know, with the uh, with sure. the government. So it's actually uh, well, he made the right decision choosing you as his lawyer. I've known you for many years. And I've known Joe for many years, and and not only are you married, but you have this law firm together, but you're two of the best lawyers in D.C., Jay Sekulow being another one, an an independent firm. Um, So we do know this. We do know that the evidence, from what I hear, is overwhelming, that the evidence is incontrovertible, that the FBI, and that would mean the Justice Department, knew all about Putin's intentions going back to 2009 and 2010, It never made sense that anybody would ever give 20 percent of America's uranium to a hostile actor or hostile state like Russia and Putin. But they did it anyway. And and moreover, Sean, not just that, even if it were a pure, wonderful country, why would you give up 20 percent of it to a to a foreign country? But the the FBI and and the Justice Department knew that these people were giving kickbacks and that this company was corrupt and that this was a company that was purchasing the 20%. And as I said last night on your show, the, my client was told by the FBI that the president was being briefed, President Obama was being briefed on this conduct and that, that he was learning this information prior to the 20. October 2010 decision. So we they knew about bribery. They knew about kickbacks. They knew about extortion. They knew about racketeering. Right. And all of these crimes in 2009. And they knew that the predicate of all of this was sabotage, espionage of Vladimir Putin. So then it raises a lot of different questions here. 
And, Jay, maybe I'll bring you in on this from the extent that one has to ask, if they knew this, why didn't they stop any activity and all activity of a foreign entity infiltrating our country and trying to get the foundational material of nuclear weapons? Well, I think it raises the question that everybody wants to know, and that is how much information did President Obama have about this? When did he know it? When did they tell him about the kickbacks, bribery, extortions uh, issues, and how— world did they allow this to proceed when they actually also got a a plea on one one of the individuals did plea uh, guilty to money laundering charges or two did for uh, racketeering so the idea is how in the world as you said sean because to me the fundamental question is we allow 20 percent of our uranium reserves go to a company controlled by the russians who by the way that company in and of itself was under a current investigation and that went to syphius and was approved that does not add up. It just makes no sense that there were not multiple red flags in the way here that somebody would have said this is not an appropriate transaction to proceed. And how is the FBI conducting an investigation? And Eric Holder, who also served on this committee, did not raise it. If but he there's, did not, but that's there's, unreal. and what the amazing thing, and I guess it's an issue of coincidence, maybe, but everybody that has now been uh, involved in this issue of of Trump-Russia collusion, of which there is no evidence. As a matter of fact, I, I would not be surprised if at some point in the very near future the president is completely and totally exonerated of any of these phony allegations that have been reported in false reporting and fake news for the last year. But we, we've got to go back to a fundamental question here, and that is, Victoria, you have Robert Mueller. He was the head of the FBI. I would assume he knew. i got to assume that Eric Holder knew. I've got to assume that Rod Rosenstein was overseeing this entire investigation with your client. And I've got to assume and we've been told that it made it into the presidential daily briefing of Barack Obama back in 2009. But, yes, his administration still continue to push forward to give permission for Vladimir Putin to control 20 percent of our uranium. But let's not leave out this factor, Sean. And that is that today we're so used to talking about it. We have neglected to talk about HRC, Hillary Rodham Clinton's involvement, and that she sat on CFIUS and that Bill Clinton got $500,000 for a speech in Russia paid for by bankers. But and by the way, former- but Victoria, I don't mean to interrupt you. The bankers, this was Renaissance Bank. They had a financial interest yes, in Uranium One. Well, I was just getting there. I was just out of Sorry, there. sorry, you sorry. Know, I'm, a claw- I'm a talk show host. Yes. <laughs> 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 no, and they, they were all former uh, in Russian intelligence people, and they were they were promoting the sale of stock of this of uranium one, and they pay him five hundred grand. He meets with Putin while he's there, and then of course the Clinton Foundation gets tens of millions of dollars from the people involved in the sale to the the head people with uranium one. Um, that is an important factor. And he supported the Uranium One deal while there. And he first tried to use his own wife's State Department to get permission to m- meet with people that represented their their nuclear energy uh, industry. And then he didn't get permission, so he just went straight to Vladimir. And then we've got all the yeah, money I mean, that was kicked right. back to the foundation, Jay. Yeah, so this is... And, and Victoria has done a great job of getting this uh, NDA lifted. Uh, and it includes, as you mentioned, includes the Clinton Foundation, Rostam, 10X, Uranium One, and, and individuals. And it's not limited to that, it's just, but, but not limited to anything related to those people. So it could go further. But 
Here's the question that I, I'm pondering, and Victoria may have the answer to this. It's great that the House and the Senate are going to do the investigations of all this. The question is, what is the Department of Justice doing with this information? What is the FBI doing? And maybe we don't know yet, and maybe there's investigations going on. But House and Senate investigation for oversight, I think it's great. You get, you'll get answers to questions. But I wonder what, what is the ultimate aspect of this. Where does this end? Where does okay, it end? All right, I'll tell you what. Stay right there. Let's. Where does this end is where we'll pick it up when we get back. More with uh, Victoria Tunsing. She is the counsel for the FBI informant that now, as of late last night, just as we were going on the air, 9 Eastern on Fox, they lifted the nondisclosure agreement, which means he can now tell everybody, starting with Congress, about his story, present his evidence that he has involving this deal. Jay Sekulow, big win for him on this IRS case today. Big news for the ACLJ, where the IRS admitted they were targeting Tea Party groups. Uh, and also, he's the president's counsel. We'll get to all of this and a lot more. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number as we continue our investigation. All right, as we continue, Victoria Tunsing is the counsel for the FBI informant at the center of this Uranium One investigation. Jay Sekulow. Won a big case today as it relates to the IRS admitting they targeted Tea Party uh, individuals and groups, uh, and also the uh, lead count, one of the lead counsels for the president. Um, all right, so let, let's pick it up where we left off. Jay, you were asking Victoria yeah. a question. Yeah, and that is so we now know that the the House Committee on Oversight, Government Reform, and House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence are going to be investigating the Senate Committee on Judiciary. And as I said Victoria did a phenomenal job of getting this NDA lifted. The question is, what does the FBI and Department of Justice do once they get information, let's say, from the House and Senate, or is there already independent investigations? Because I, everyone's asking me, I'm sure they're asking you, Sean, and probably asking Victoria as well. Where does this go? We're, well, to a special counsel because because it would look awful for Jeff Sessions to be over an investigation when he was there with Trump saying lock her up. It would, Rod Rosenstein is is precluded from doing it. He's conflicted out because he was a U.S. attorney over the case. Rod Rosenstein was U.S. attorney in Maryland, which was the office that did the case. That was overlooked. And Robert Mueller was the head of the FBI. So neither one, none of those people can be involved in this case. Am I wrong, Victoria? You know, you're absolutely right. I mean, just the appearance of a conflict, but they, in fact, have a conflict because but their conduct is it has to be examined in the course of the, any uh, uh, investigation of this matter. Jay? And it's, it's, so well, what, it's, and it's completely independent from uh, the, the, you know, you got the whole GPS fusion thing yesterday with the DNC and Hillary Clinton's campaign uh, continuing the funding of all that. That's an issue that's going to be evaluated. This Uranium One transaction is not within the purview of the special counsel, this special counsel, Robert Mueller. So this would, if it goes to a special counsel, it would have to be a separate one set up just for this. And this would be, again, if you look at the nature and scope of it, it it's, 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 you know, it's a significant issue. But again, the House and Senate start it. The question is, and, and then as Victoria's saying, the special counsel may be the way they go on this. Victoria, last word. I, I don't know what's in the purview of this investigation that Bob Mueller's doing. It's so wide-ranging. I can't even figure out what the crime is. So, But you're absolutely right that it should, it should not be going. It's to my client. Mueller. I'll be very clear there. All right, uh, guys, you've been amazing. I, I'll be honest. I don't. But for Peter Schweitzer two years ago, uh, but for the work of 
of people like Sarah Carter and John Solomon and and pushing it on this show, knowing that there was a lot of unanswered questions here. I don't know if we'd be where we are today. And Victoria, you representing the FBI informant is the best possible news for him because uh, he's going to have great representation. And Jay, this matters on every level because of yep. all the, the, the garbage that has been falsely um, leveled against the president. So it's uh, but pretty. John, yeah. Sean, Yes, or NBC picked it up yet? No, no. The same people that were talking about how horrible Russia is, horrible Vladimir Putin is. No, they they don't show any interest because it doesn't fit their agenda, which is the extension of the Democratic Party. Uh, Anyway, thank you all. We appreciate it. Uh, We'll have a lot more on this coming up. Uh, You're going to hear about Fusion GPS in the next segment. That's straight ahead. Uh, we got our friends Kevin and Sam Sorbo. The movie debuts tomorrow. We'll tell you about that in a few minutes. Let there be light in theaters all across the country. Hannity.com to find the theater near you. The um, Christopher Steele dossier, Mm -hmm. which is a Mm -hmm. controversial document for lots of reasons. Um, Quoting from that, though, a lot of it has been proven out. Do you believe anything about that dossier? Oh, I think it should be uh, taken a look at. I think they should really read it, understand it, analyze it, and determine what's fact, what may not be fact. We already know that the part about uh, the coverage that they have on him uh, with sex actions uh, is supposed to be true. My focus today is to explore how many claims within Steele's dossier are looking more and more likely as though they are accurate. The dossier definitely seems right on these points. A quid pro quo relationship seems to exist between the Trump campaign and Putin's Russia. There is a lot in the dossier that is yet to be proven, but increasingly, as we'll hear throughout the day, allegations are checking out. The famous dossier, which is getting a lot more credibility now than it did. Well, I think that's important, right, that the dossier, right, which looked uh, sort of out there at first, is getting truer and truer and truer as facts come out. The Clinton campaign apparently conducted opposition research, as every campaign does, on their opponent. They got back, apparently, this very uh, salacious and now infamous dossier, which they never used. In fact, didn't even reach the press until after the election was over. They never used it. What I have learned, I've heard about the dossier, it's about his involvement with women. It's about possibly prostitutes. We were able to corroborate in our intelligence community assessment, which Mm. from other sources in which we had very high confidence. So when the president just refers to to speak dossier, that is false. Uh, I... I don't think that's that, that is the accurate characterization for the entirety of the dossier. J- Jared Kushner or anybody else who met with a Russian <laughs> in the last year, he, he knows, knows it all. Knows it's it all. all. If he had a little excitement in some hotel room in <laughs> Moscow X many years ago, according to that dossier, he's got those pictures. He's looked at them a million times. That said, Wolf, we do want to hear from Christopher Steele. Uh, so far, a lot of what he has alleged in the dossier uh, has been proven. Uh, we reported uh, a number of weeks ago that the intelligence community had, in fact, confirmed some of the elements in the dossier, including the particular meetings and conversations detailed in the dossier took place in the places and at the times as described there. So it directly contradicts the president, who has repeated from the beginning uh, that the dossier, like many parts of the Russian investigation, is a hoax. All right, 23 now till the top of the hour. So there you have all these Democrats, all of them, going on and and the media pushing the steel dossier. Rachel Maddow, Maxine Waters, and Andre Carson, Chris Matthews, Paul Begala, Donnie Deutsch, you know, James Clapper, and it goes on from there. Nonstop. They just go with it. They wanted to believe every salacious detail that was paid for, that, that was made up by the Russians. Oh, 
I guess they're colluding to help get Hillary Clinton elected and impact the, the election. And Hillary funded the whole entire thing. Thor Halverson is with us, and he's the CEO of the New York-based Human Rights Foundation. And he's here to shed some light on Fusion GPS, with whom he had a previous interaction with and, and dealings with that were pretty much unspeakable. He says they are smear artists, he said, and what they've learned is if you want to kill an investigation, if you want to destroy a law enforcement investigation, go after the witnesses, go after the whistleblowers. Wow, shocking. Now, he also testified in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee in July of this year against Fusion GPS, which, of course, they're not going to testify before anybody, and they're fighting a congressional subpoena. Thor, sir, welcome to the program. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me on your program, Sean. All right, let's talk about what you know about Fusion GPS. Tell us how you got involved, what you know, and what people need to know. Sure. Well, how I get into this was uh, was accidentally. I I was made aware of a massive government contract fraud that was taking place in the dictatorship of Venezuela. In other words, um, someone gave me information about a theft, a theft of $3 billion that took place in the Chavez government in Venezuela. So I took the information. I thought it was outrageous. These uh, a bunch of guys in their 20s were awarded power plant contracts to build these power plants in Venezuela. And they, did, they built faulty power plants and walked off with the money. So I figured I would write about this circumstance in the United States and alert the authorities in as much as the, the stolen Venezuelan money um, was uh, being laundered through American banks. Well, to make a long story short, the targets of my investigation, the people that I was blowing the whistle on, ended up hiring Fusion GPS. They hired Fusion GPS to go after those of us who had um, been talking about this investigation, talking about this company, pointing out their crimes. And what Fusion GPS did for them, um, in the case of four different people, they couldn't come up with anything tangible about us that was negative. So they just simply made it up. And they created these dossiers, pretty similar, each, each of these dossiers, making the same allegations over and over again salacious allegations of outrageous conduct that range from extortion and rape to drug abuse and pedophilia. And then they shop these dossiers around to the media. So whereas we are trying to expose a crime, they figured, here's what we'll do to eliminate the whistleblowers. Here's what we'll do to go after them. Let's create dossiers and accuse them of all sorts of horrible things. I read, and, and, yeah, I, I read Catherine Herridge's piece and Pam Brown's piece and on, on FoxNews.com. And, you know, what's what's amazing about this is, you know, that you're saying that they have a track record of intimidation and smear tactics. But it's beyond that, because in your congressional testimony and your firsthand account here, you're saying that they labeled you a pedophile, an extortionist, a drug trafficker because you criticize one of their clients. Now, how That's do you exactly how right. do you know that they did all of this? Okay, well, it starts off with the fact that the the their clients were being investigated by the Wall Street Journal. As you know, the Wall Street Journal is a serious outfit. They they were 
They were doing an investigation. They were writing a story. The story was 4,000 words long. How do I know the story was that long? Because the reporter and I were in touch constantly. We were sharing information. I was telling him about what was going on. Before you know it, the reporter was asked to visit Venezuela and meet with the, the men who he was writing about. When he gets to Venezuela, into the conference room of, of these guys who stole billions of dollars, there's one of the partners of Fusion GPS sitting in the conference room. He also happens to be formerly the bureau chief for Latin America for the Wall Street Journal. In other words, the reporter walks into the room and there's his former boss, who's now a partner at Fusion GPS, saying to him, all of these allegations are lies. These are good men. They're just excellent businessmen. You know, they earned these billions and billions of dollars and you're being played. Here's a dossier about uh, the men who are feeding you information. Don't ask me how I know that they're the... Uh, that they are the ones feeding you information, but I do know that, that here's the dossier. That's the first time I heard the word Fusion GPS. When the Wall Street Journal says to me, I can't believe my former boss is working for them. By the way, they gave me a file on you. That's the first time I learned. And of course, after that, I started learning more and more about them. Did you get the file that they had made on you? No. Um, the reporter read it to me. I know what it contains. But he did not give me a copy. I think the Wall Street Journal has internal. I mean, because I think it, what, based on what you're saying that you'd have a lawsuit here if people, you just can't make up out a whole cloth that somebody's a, a pedophile, an extortionist and a drug trafficker. I mean, well, I, you're 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 in the right neighborhood. I, I, I can't really tell you what my what, what I'm doing next. But let's just say that uh, subsequent to this. The Wall Street Journal did nothing with this. In fact, the reporter and the journal said, we, this, this is full of, uh, this stuff is hot air. We're not going to pay any attention to it. We're going to keep doing our story. But then they kept shopping it around. And, Sean, they found an out-of-work journalist in Washington, D.C., someone who'd been dismissed from job after job by the name of Ken Silverstein. They paid Ken Silverstein. And Ken Silverstein published it on a left-wing website, one of these fringe websites. He published an article with these allegations in it. And then they paid, Fusion GPS paid, one of these SEO companies, the ones that fo focus on um, where things rank on a Google search. And they pushed the story way, way up so that when you Google my name, it's the first or second thing that pops up. That's what Fusion GPS did. By the way, a lot of people don't know you can do there's a whole there's a whole group of people you can pay to either bury stories on Google and Yahoo or put them up on top and there's I guess some particular methods that they use so what you're saying that is true. Um so what happened since this all happened to you? I mean, what what is your human rights group about by the way? What do you I mean, do you work our, on our issues involving rights, We focus on dictatorships. We focus on the struggle against dictatorships whether it's Cuba, North Korea, Russia, China, Venezuela, Angola, our goal is to do is to enter that vacuum where the establishment organizations aren't really focused on. A lot of them f spend most right. of their time focusing on democracies like the U.S. Stay we right there. Focus. We'll, we'll have more with uh, Thor Halverson is with us, and he is uh, uh, saying he's a victim of Fusion GPS. We'll get more of his story on the other side of all of this as we continue here on the Sean Hannity Show. Hey, welcome back as we continue. Thor Halverson 
Martin is with us. And hey, Thor, how are you? All right, so I want to get back to this. Everybody in the media is going with the same talking point. Well, a Republican, a GOP operative paid to begin the dossier on Trump. And the fact of the matter is that person got out long before Michael Steele, who made up all of these allegations by paying Russians uh, about Donald Trump and the more salacious details. So what they're saying isn't true. This was uh, we now know that Hillary Clinton and the Democrats paid for the smear. Right. Her campaign paid for the whole smear. So you're saying that this whole group, is that why they're unwilling to talk to Congress? And and I know that there's now they're trying to get into their bank accounts to find exactly where the money came from uh, that led to the dossier that was used by the media and used by Democrats to try and impact this election, even though all of the information and the propaganda and the misinformation came from Russia. Well, ask yourself, Sean, why are they why did they admit to paying for the dossier? They admitted to paying for the dossier because of the subpoena. They, they want to get ahead of the subpoena and say, judge, don't go forward and open the bank accounts of Fusion GPS because we don't need to know that anymore. Because now they fessed up and the DNC has claimed and the Hillary Clinton campaign that they paid for the dossier. The reason why is very simple, Sean. Those bank, that bank information contains the information about payoffs to dozens of journalists inside and outside of the Beltway by Fusion GPS. I am convinced that Fusion GPS is engaged in regular payola with journalists in order to ensure that some stories get coverage and some don't. In addition, what that banking information contains is information about the criminal entities, most of them from abroad, that hire Fusion GPS to kill stories, to go after witnesses, to blow up um, concepts when the criminal entity is suffering or potentially going to get in trouble. This is what happened in the Venezuela case. Derwick Associates paid Fusion to end with the credibility of the witnesses and to obstruct justice. Fusion GPS doesn't make a lot of money from its American clients. It makes the bulk of its money from criminals abroad. This is like the most unbelievable story I think I've ever heard. It really is. Well, you know, but and, and listen, I'm just going to say something, and this is on a personal level. I mean, you have no recourse. I'm a public figure. I'm on radio three hours a day, TV one hour a day. And when people lie about me, the standard is so high that I, I actually I have to prove that what they're saying was actual malice. And to get there, it it, it is such a high legal bar; it's nearly impossible. So if you're a public figure, they can pretty much say anything. And they do say anything they want. And I, I've just finally just compartmentalized in my mind that, OK, I've, this is my chosen profession. <clears throat> I didn't think that this was going to be a part of it. But people telling lies about me on a regular basis is just part and parcel of what I, I, I now have happening in my life. Well, and, this is, and, and you know this better than anyone. <laughs> Even though there are lies, it still hurts. It's still nasty when family members and whatnot um, look at this stuff and say, of course it is seen what they're saying. Um, and yet they get away with it. They get away with it. You know, it was it was really, you know, despite the fact that Fusion GPS did this and hired this loser, Ken Silverstein, to write about it. The, the fact is that um, it felt really good to know that there's a collection of us that are being the targets of Fusion GPS, because mm -hmm. finally what these accusations can be explained Finally, you know, whether it's William Browder, myself or in this case, President Trump can say, look, 
There's a pattern here. It's the same company engaged in the same behavior again and again. These are former journalists who lost their way and decided we will do anything for money. They don't care about the truth. They care about making money, which is why they work for criminals. So I'm just assuming to engage in this. I'm assuming you're going to do a lawsuit. Well, look, a lawsuit's going to cost millions of dollars. And suing this person. All right. I, I've got a break. But Thor, come Thor. back and tell us more. And as you get more information on it and uh, we'll let people decide on their own. And I could tell you smear campaigns against conservatives are just part of our everyday business. It's unbelievable. It's like a it's. And by the way, they're well funded. All those people. Do you know who in the Clinton campaign uh, jumped on this smear, this uh, Russian inspired smear that had been originated by Republican opponents of Donald Trump, then apparently dropped after the primaries and some some Democratic um, big contributors then joined and, and sponsored more work by these people. I've seen the reports suggesting that there were Democratic elements that were pushing it. I'm not sure what, what the basis for those reports are. I know that I had never seen that dossier document prior to BuzzFeed publishing it. I, I, I feel fairly confident that I can speak for the entire campaign in saying that. How could you not know that the Clinton team was paying for it? And didn't someone in the Clinton campaign know this? Mark Elias certainly did. Right. Uh, I'm sure that there is a small group of folks that were aware of the nature of uh, the decision to hire Fusion back in the spring of 2016, but it was kept for reasons that I can understand to a very select group, given the sensitive nature of who they hired, uh, a former MI6 agent, Christopher Steele. Do you believe anything about that dossier? Oh, I think it should be uh, taken a look at. I think they should really read it, understand it, analyze it, and determine what's fact, what may not be fact. We already know that the part about uh, the coverage that they have on him uh, with sex actions uh, is supposed to be true. Uh, They have said that that's absolutely true. Some other things they kind of allude to. Yes, I think he should go into that dossier and see what's there. As you know, Sean Hannity on his program has been very critical of the Uranium One deal. The president saying with regard to Russia, that's the real story in all of this. What would you say to those critics? I would say it's the same baloney they've been peddling for years. And there's been no no credible evidence by anyone. In fact, it's been debunked repeatedly and will continue to be debunked. But here's what they're doing. And really, I have to give them credit. You know, Trump and his allies, including Fox News, are really experts at distraction and diversion. So the closer the investigation about real Russian ties between Trump associates and real Russians, as we heard Jeff Sessions finally admit to uh, in his testimony the other day, the more they want to just throw mud on the wall and I'm their favorite target, me and, you know, President Obama. We're the ones that they always like to put into the crosshairs. Um, so, yes, I, I'm, I'm not surprised, but I think the real story is how nervous they are about these continuing investigations. They're not nervous at all. Because it's been a year and there's nothing there. Uh, Hillary Clinton deflecting yet again. And I have zero doubt at this point, especially now that the FBI informant is going to be allowed to testify on the evidence, on the documents, on the emails, on his own experience within this network. Vladimir Putin trying to corner the market on uranium in America. Uh, and all the extortion and money laundering that went along with it and bribery that went along with it. Uh, I think Hillary Clinton is in a whole heap of new trouble. They're also investigating and reopening the investigation into the Hillary email server. Well, we know laws were broken there. 
we've identified, you know, some 14 to 17 uh, uh, laws that could potentially have been broken here by Hillary Clinton, even the head of the Democratic Party, this guy Perez, the DNC, he oh, I did, wasn't on my watch. He doesn't want anything to do with it. We just heard from Brian Fallon, a confidant, that Hillary's campaign didn't know about the Steele dossier, really. Well, why'd they fund it? What were they funding then? And uh, then, of course, we have uh, Brian saying only a small group of people knew about hiring Fusion GPS. Okay. I don't believe that either. There's nothing that they say at this point. That is going to give me any confidence in them. Joining us now in studio, we have our buddy Jonathan Gillum. He is the host of The Experts, author of a soon-to-come-out book, Sheep No More. Jessica Tarloff is the head of research at Bustle and Fox News contributor. Welcome, both of you, to the uh, program. Good to be here. Can you think, Jessica, of any reason whatsoever, considering we've heard for the last year how, how Russia is such a hostile regime to the United States and has been forever, and that Vladimir Putin is such a bad human being and a hostile actor on the world stage, can you think of any good rational reason at all why anybody would ever consider giving him 20% of America's uranium? Oh, well, I mean, that decision, when I believe the uranium actually never left the United States, was up to nine different... Uh, I, 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 I didn't, right? You're not answering my question. I know there's nine people oh, that signed no, off on it, but no. but is it was it a good idea to ever I, give... I don't know the full details of it, but no. I mean, I, I no, I don't think it's a good idea right. to give Vladimir Putin anything All right, let me ask, worthwhile. Let me ask Jonathan Gillum. So once again, it's just great to be on with Jessica Tarloff. Uh, we used to be on with her on Newsmax. Great discussions. And what I, I believe, I think she at least she gets it, that it's not uh, a proper thing to give Russia rights to our uranium. What's interesting, though, is that how the Democratic Party has, um, and a lot of Republicans at the same time, are systematically jumping on President Trump. At the same time, they should be backing away from the Democratic Party and really focusing on the reality of this uranium deal and Fusion GPS. I think... If you really want to look at this, focus in on Fusion GPS, see when they got paid this money and how this correlates to not necessarily the dossier, but the other things, the connections with Russia, how this uh, deal was done and how Clinton, uh, Hillary Clinton and the Barack, and Barack Obama's administration utilized connections with the Russians at that point, And that leads straight into uh, when Hillary started to lose this case, we shouldn't be giving our uranium to anyone. That's the way I feel about it. I mean, there's certain things that you can sell to other countries. You know, when you want to sell them some some type of technology for airplanes, you know, you can go through the industry on that or uh, some types of security stuff against fundamental Islam. Okay, I get it. And you want to share those things to protect people. But why on earth would you be selling our uranium to a country that is going to turn around and sell that direct or give it directly to their allies, which include Russia, North Korea, um, Syria, all these other groups. There's it just makes no sense, Sean. No sense whatsoever. It makes no sense at all. But you know, and especially in light of everything we've heard in the last year about what a hostile actor he is and hostile country and what a bad person he is. Well, now you there's no fathomable answer. 
except now that we have the evidence. And they had the evidence before they made the Uranium One decision. That's the outrageous part. I mean, they knew about the bribery, the racketeering, and the extortion, and the kickbacks that were all going on here. And we're talking about millions and millions of dollars, and that doesn't even include the Clinton Foundation. Bill Clinton wants to meet with him. He has a bank that's paying him double his speaking fee, and they have a financial interest in this. And then, of course, he, he wants to meet with nuclear regulators in Russia, people that are literally infiltrating our uranium market. Then he meets with Putin, and and then his foundation gets all this money from all the people that benefited from this. I want to know where that money came from. Was it money laundered and put in, in the Clinton Foundation coffers? I mean, it's ridiculous. Look, from an investigator standpoint, when you look at this, not from somebody watching TV, not some from somebody just getting information, but from an investigator standpoint, you have to start asking the questions of – where first of all, where's the money going? The money is always one of the best uh, leads you can you can get when it comes to evidence, and ultimately the money is going to lead you to understand who the players are. And once you find out who the players are, you can start to determine who the, what the motivation is for each one of these people. No, um, let me play for you. You know, everybody that said no evidence, we have no evidence of Trump Russia collusion, and. All the main players involved said this, and in spite of that, the media still went forward with their lie. Listen to this. Uh, But Mr. Clapper then went on to say that, to his knowledge, there was no evidence of collusion between members of the Trump campaign and the Russians. We did not conclude any evidence in our report. And when I say our report, that is the NSA, FBI, and CIA, with my office, the Director of National Intelligence, that had anything, any reflection of collusion between the members of the Trump campaign and the Russians. There was no evidence of that in our report. Was Mr. Clapper wrong when he said that? I think he's right uh, about characterizing the report, which you, you all have read. We did not include any evidence in our report, and I say our, that's NSA, FBI, and CIA with my office, the Director of National Intelligence, that had anything that had any reflection of collusion between members of the Trump campaign and the Russians. There was no evidence of that included in in our report. Have you seen anything, either intelligence briefings, through intelligence briefings, anything to back up any of the accusations that you've made? They have the documentation that they did the hacking. The hacking. On the DNC. Right. And on some of us, you know, that had... But the collusion, though. No, we have not. Do you have evidence that there was in fact collusion between Trump associates and Russia during the campaign. Not at this time. Have you seen anything that suggests any collusion between the Russians and the Trump campaign? Well, there's an awful lot of smoke there, let's put it that way. People that might have said they were involved, to what extent they were involved, to what extent the president might have known about these people or whatever. There's nothing there from that standpoint that we have seen directly linking uh, our president to any of that. Did evidence exist of collusion, coordination, conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russian state actors at the time you learned of 2016 efforts? I don't know 
whether or not such collusion, that's your term, such collusion existed. I don't know. The big questions, of course, is, is there any evidence of collusion you have seen yet? Is there? There is a lot of smoke. We have a smoking gun at this point, but there is a lot of smoke. Dianne Feinstein has said there's no evidence of collusion. So collusion between whom? Can you tell us that? I'm not prepared to say that there's proof you could take to a jury, but I can't say that there is enough that we ought to be investigating. At the time you separated from service in January of 2017, had you seen any evidence that uh, Donald Trump or any member of his campaign colluded, conspired, or coordinated with the Russians or anyone else uh, to infiltrate or impact our uh, voter infrastructure? Um, Not beyond uh, what has been out there open source and not beyond anything that I'm sure this committee has already seen and heard before directly from the intelligence community. All right, we're going to pick it up from there on the uh, other side as, yeah, no Trump collusion, but everybody in the media continue to lie to you. All right, as we continue with Jonathan Gillum and Jessica Tarloff is uh, with us. Are you still not answering my question, Jessica. So why, under any circumstance, explain to me why anybody would give a hostile country like Russia and a hostile actor like Putin who is now has agents in the U.S. committing crimes that the FBI knows about, including bribery, extortion, racketeering, money laundering. Why would you ever give them 20 percent of our uranium? Why would you do that? I have no idea. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't work in the nine departments that signed off. I, I don't know that it on the surface sounds really bad, but on the surface, cutting any deal with Iran sounds bad. But I think that having a diplomatic solution I didn't, get, uh, clear power. Well, uh, just, uh, just, uh, just give so, me any any possible scenario how it's good to give, you know, Putin's. Well, wait a minute. You know, Putin has a network is, in the United States. You know, they're bribing, they're extorting, they're blackmailing. You have all the evidence of such, and then you 20% of the uranium, which is what he wanted in the first place. Tell me why that would ever, ever be good. That's the United States. Listen, I, I admit it. I, I don't think it sounds like a good idea, but I trust the fact that there are people are in higher positions of power than me who have better— You mean people that benefited financially like the Clintons? Oh, no. Well, the Clintons and the donations from the, that went to the Clinton Foundation around the Uranium One deal do not align with the timing of this deal anyway— and there's been someone from the State Department on record that Hillary Clinton wasn't even involved in these negotiations. Okay, this Hillary Clinton, her husband, got twice his normal speaking fee. Their foundation got $145 million kickback from people that were all associated with this deal. We knew that Putin had a network to corner the uranium market, and we still gave him the uranium. How dumb is that? You're going to have to take that up with the heads of those nine departments. Yeah, I, I, I certainly am not going to give you the answer. Yeah, I'm sure that Eric Holder and that, Hillary will be right on the program, Jonathan. <laughs> Listen, well, here's, you know, here's, I would encourage them to show up. They have a lot of good information, and I'm sure you two could learn a lot from one another. Yeah, uh, well, we could learn a lot from organized crime, that's for sure. Listen, here's here's one thing, <laughs> Jessica, that everybody on the Democratic Party side that's not involved in this needs to realize. If they backed off and started... Uh, backing the president in uh, having an investigation on this and backed off and, and watched, you, the Democratic Party would gain credibility. But the problem is, I think, is that the higher-ups in the Democratic Party, everybody was a part of this. And what 
what I think, you know, from what the things that you just said and what other people that are commenting on this from the Democratic side are missing is that you don't have to have immediate uh, uh, evidence that this um, this deal was done here and it di- it wasn't going to have ramifications down the line. You know, the, the way crime works is it's not necessarily I do this and I immediately get paid for it. Pay for play means that eventually things are going to happen because uh, everybody's going to benefit from it. And I can guarantee you that when it comes down, uh, if this actually comes out, and I, you know, I still have my doubts that uh, this government is so flooded with corruption that it's it's actually going to come out. And one one other thing is that everybody keeps talking about these nine um, different agencies. What you have to understand is it's not the agencies; it's the political appointees, and they'll say whatever they're told to say. All right, I'm going to have to leave it there. Jonathan Gillum, uh, as always, thank you. We love when you're filling in on the program, too. Thank you for all the times you do. Jessica Tarlov, you did not have a good appearance on the show today. Uh, you don't what? have a fo- you don't have a leg to stand on here, and you're still fighting I it. Said I don't see any good reason to have sold the 20% no, of Well, you could have said that in the beginning. Uh, I did say it. What, I'm, you want me to go back and change my oh, vote? I, want, I want you to say it? this is really the dumbest thing I've ever heard of, because that would make more oh, sense. no. It's definitely not the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I would want to do that. Let's have another segment. I can tell you a lot of things that I think are dumber. All right. I got to run. Thank you for sharing that. 800-941-SHAWN is our toll-free telephone number. When we come back, I'm so excited. We've got our big debut tomorrow. Well, more on that next. Debut for the ones who lost their way Let there be light Let it ease your pain Let there be light On the darkest day Let there be light So that we may see That was the music from uh, the movie that I've been telling you about, Let There Be Light. I can't believe Dion Warwick did this. And uh, by the way, our buddy Joe Don from Rascal Flats was in it. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus was a part of it. And then we got a whole CD on it. And uh, it's very inspiring. And uh, the movie opens now tomorrow. And you can find the location nearest you. Remember, we're an independent film here. We didn't want any big Hollywood studio you know, sticking their their bloody paws in our movie and telling us what to do with it. So we're doing it independently. And I think you and your family are going to love it. It opens in theaters around the country tomorrow. And you can find the list of theaters up on Hannity.com. And here's the trailer for the movie. 
Yeah, 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 I'm coming. You're drunk? Oh, you can't pull the wool over your eyes. The basic tenet of Christianity. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't you dare tell me about the love and the compassion of your so-called God. What do you think it does to the boys to take the death of their brother and use it as part of your carnival act? Pays the bills. dead in the ambulance four minutes it's a miracle i saw davy now all i wanted to do was just put my arms around him i I don't know what to do with that you've gotten the best scientific explanation it hasn't brought you any comfort would you consider consulting a different source doc he is your god and he's holding out his hand to you all you got to do now is take it jesus gets whacked right I've never exactly heard it put that way, but yeah. Follow me here. This ain't brain surgery. Do you believe that God hears? God always answers prayers. Sometimes we just don't understand the answers. This better be good. That's what I said. I don't want to lose you. So my first question is, are you guys ready for the amount of heat that'll be coming your way with this? All right, joining us now, the stars of the film, Kevin and Sam Sorbo. Uh, guys, well, our day is finally here. You excited? I'm pretty excited. I, I'm so excited. I'm... And I saw that I saw uh, uh, President Trump's tweet this morning, and that just blew my mind. This I know. very exciting. What you've done here, Sean, is so amazing, and we are so honored to be partnered with you on this project because this is going to really it... help people. It's going to give people hope. So I gave the president, I asked you, and we, you don't normally give out a DVD of a new film because, God forbid, the DVD <laughs> ends up in the wrong hands. That means everybody gets to see the movie for free, and that means that the entire <laughs> project is blown up. So uh, I happened to be interviewing the president last week, and I told him about the movie that I was doing, and he said he, he wanted to see it. So I, was, I, I asked Sam, and she goes, now don't lose it, like 30 times. <laughs> And I didn't lose it, and I, I I handed it directly to the president, and he handed it directly to Hope Hicks, and I knew it was in good hands. And uh, I got word that he really liked the movie, and, uh, and I was surprised he tweeted out about it today. How great is that? I think it's, it's pretty amazing. impressive and pretty awesome. And, and, and uh, it, it, the number of people – look, our website actually – was overloaded a couple of days ago. There's so many people going in it that they had to go back in and fix it because it, all the all the people I wanted to see what it was about it knocked it out of commission, which is good, but it's also bad at the same time. All right, so what are we all? We're opening in about 400, a little more than 400 theaters or something like that. Yeah. Now, I, and I've been explaining to people like last week, every Hollywood hundred million dollar budget movie pretty much bombed. And they bomb because Hollywood has a static formula and it's sex and it's violence and it's Batman 29 and Superman 24 and Spider-Man 88. And and then it's Jennifer Aniston falling in love with some other Hollywood actor than she did the last film. And either they stay together or they don't stay together. Um, and, and I think it's pretty formulaic. And it doesn't work anymore. And I think this, you know, the reason that I wanted to be a part of this project is because not only does it stimulate your mind, but also your emotions, your heart and your soul. And there's a whole group of us out here in America that are tired of this formula that Hollywood rams down our throat and the monopoly they have on this business. And so I'm very proud of how the project came up. Uh, Sam, you co-wrote this with Dan Gordon. 
Uh, why don't you walk us through without giving away the movie? And I've been trying to thread that needle for the last couple of weeks and tell everybody what, what they're going to see when they go tomorrow night. Well, they're going to see a man in crisis. So Saul Harkins is the world's greatest atheist, played by my husband, Kevin Sorbo. And uh, he, he has a near-death experience. He has a, a vision. And the vision challenges his worldview because, as we know, atheism is a, is a worldview. Um, and it challenges his faith. And he just spirals out of control. And the only person who really ever understood him, he knows, is his ex-wife, with whom he has a fairly acrimonious uh, relationship. So, but he has to go to her um, for the sake, for his own sake. But also, you know, it it talks about fatherhood. He, He needs help because he's not being a good dad. And um, and so he has he he gets through this crisis with with her help and the help of his children. And um, it's just a it's a really heartwarming story. You know what, Sean? It's it's a movie like Hollywood used to make. And that's what we want to get back to. And we want to we want to inspire people. We want to encourage people. We want to give people hope. And that's what this movie does. And if you go. If you go to LetThereBeLightMovie.com or go to Hannity.com and, and get over to the website, we have testimonial videos up that show people who have just seen the movie and they're so inspired by it. And it's just really heart, heartening to see. You know, what I like about it is it's also a story that's ripped from the headlines of today. And that is that, you know, we live in a pretty secular world now. And here's a country that was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. And I think one of the reasons there's such a big need and a void in the marketplace is that there are a lot of people that are God, faith, family, country. We see the reaction to NFL players not not being willing to stand for our anthem and the flag that people fought, bled and died under. And I think those people like myself that have conservative values and and Christian values, maybe look, and I'm not the greatest Christian, but I want to be a better person. And um, and a lot of these movies just insult us. And and Kevin, you're very beyond convincing that you come out. You're the atheist that wrote the book of Boarding God, uh, which is a pretty brutal title. And then we learn why it is that you got how you got to that place in your life. And and here you are, this big red carpet paparazzi guy, you know, drinking and doing drugs and hanging out with hot models and doing all your thing. And you abandon your family, you horrible person. And uh, and then but you're conflicted over this after you have this experience. Right. Well, yeah, but isn't that what all those bad things you mentioned? Isn't that the American dream? <laughs> I, was living, so. I, uh, I think you said at one point in the movie, well, it's a pretty good way to make a living and pay the bills, but. <laughs> but, but yeah, you I mean, know it, what? It, it's the one. Go ahead, Sam. Well, I was just going to say that, that, that is that is the narrative that Hollywood tries to sell us, is that you can find yes, happiness at the bottom of a bottle or the bottom of a pill container, do whatever you want at any time, the hedonistic sort of lifestyle. And we're seeing the results of that coming out of Hollywood today. So when you say ripped from the headlines, yeah, kind of. Um, And the results of that really aren't pretty because survival of the fittest isn't a pretty lifestyle. Well, Sean, you see the hypocrisy in Hollywood. Every time there's a shooting, uh, then they scream for the Second Amendment to be pulled away and take people's guns away. Yeah, these are the same stars in these action movies killing people left and right with guns. Yeah, I mean well, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it is, there's more shoot 'em up movie, shoot 'em up scenes in movies than anything else, you know. But there's something different, and and the reason um, both of us, all three of us rather, have been interviewed a lot for the movie, and I think I told the Washington Times or one of these publications that was interviewing me, I said, you know, it really took me about 20 minutes to decide 
to go along with this project because I believed in the project. Now, I know nothing about movie making. I know my title is executive producer, but what it really means is I finance the movie. And, you know, I think I gave you a little bit of input occasionally, but honestly, I just I just love the the story. And I think it's uplifting um, parts. It's not everybody that I've shown this movie to has cried. Everybody, not without exception. There's, I think there's one person that didn't cry. That's it. Have you had the same reaction? <laughs> well, you know, you see, you see in the testimonials, we've done a number of screenings across the country, and Sam is recording all these testimonials, and the last one we did at D.C. at the Valley Voters Summit was unbelievable. And people came out, and they were talking to me afterwards while she's screening and talking to people. And I had a group of teenagers walk out, and a 16-year-old, 15-year-old kid says, that was the best movie I've ever seen. And that coming from a teenage group, that was awesome to me. I was like, get over here. We need to talk to you. You know, some people are going to say, well, why didn't you get a studio to do this? Because we can't get a studio that's going to adopt and buy into this film. That not that really the truth at this day and time? So we, we took an independent road, and that means instead of 3,000 theaters, we start in 400, and then we build from there. Isn't that how – I mean, it's like they have a monopoly, and they have a monopoly on content. They don't even want to discuss – you know, that the fact that there's there is a whole void in the marketplace. Has that been your experience, Sam? Oh, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And that's why what you've done is such a brave and, and uh, amazing thing to, to see this void. Because, look, this is the forgotten man and woman that we're trying to serve here. But not only that, we're trying to serve this, this country and, and affect the culture with good, solid storytelling that upholds the, the, the foundations of this nation, which is Judeo-Christian values, right? And so for you to just put, you know, put your money where your mouth is and come out on a limb like this in the hopes that people will, uh, that the film will resonate. And frankly, folks, I got to tell you, for him to do this, I mean, there's no guarantee when you start a project that it's going to end up with anything, you know, but when Sean finally saw the movie, when you when you saw the final cut, um, I mean, I and I know you were blown away. It's a really good. I'll, movie. I'll be honest. We, we ended up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sam, I I honestly knew it would be good. I never thought it would be this good. I mean, and that's the credit you to the artistic credit of both of you and and Dan Gordon, who really didn't work that hard on the movie. Let's be honest. He didn't do a whole lot <laughs> except annoy us. But, you know. Um, no, I'm kidding. But Dan, Dan, Dan is a Hollywood uh, Oscar worthy screenwriter and his heart and soul is in this movie and it comes across in Kevin's acting. And I mean, this movie really will change people's lives for the better because it offers hope that you don't see coming out of Hollywood. And that's why Hollywood wouldn't get behind a movie like this, because they're not about hope. They're about destruction. They're about the antihero. They're about glorifying violence. That's not what this movie does. This movie is the antithesis of what they do. All right, so now and just that's because to, of you. And so the go to Hannity.com or let there be lightmovie.com and you can find the theaters near you. And by the way, and and we want everybody, if we have a big opening week, all these theaters are, are gonna want to take the movie and we'll have new theaters next week, right? That's the plan. But we need people look, it's independent as far as that goes. But when it gets to theaters, it's not independent anymore. It's very dependent on people showing up at the theaters no, and buying true. tickets. So we need people to send a message to Hollywood this weekend and say, this is the kind of entertainment that we want our families to enjoy. And yeah. they can do that simply by going to the theater and buying a ticket. But if it's not at a theater near you, go to the website, uh, look at group tickets. We offer discounts for groups. And also, 
um, call your theater, call your local theater and say, hey, why aren't you having this movie there? Because I got to tell you, Sean, it's been a little bit of an uphill battle just booking theaters because they, they have a higher threshold for Christian films or faith-friendly faith films. They, they hold out a you higher know, Sean, threshold. You have to prove yeah. that there's interest. Last word, Sean, uh, I get, Kevin. I used to get, no, I used to get stopped all the time for Hercules God, and, 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 and for uh, Andromeda, my two series. 80% of the time now, I get stopped because people say in airports, malls, wherever I'm walking, sidewalks, they say, make more movies like God's Not Dead, What If Abel's Field Soul Surfer. Well, we're making it. But they have to support these movies, too. If they want more movies made like this, they, they want to fight to bring our culture back to, to a, a good, moralistic, high-value cu- culture. We need to fight back what Hollywood's putting out there. And that's what movies like these faith-based movies do. All right. It all opens tomorrow. My first movie is executive producer starring uh, Kevin and Sam Sorbo in theaters around the country. Just go to Hannity.com or uh, LetThereBeLightMovie.com. Uh, guys, uh, well, we'll talk more next week, but uh, it's been a lot of fun to put this together. I'm very proud of the project, and I think people will find this enlightening and uplifting and, and bring a lot of tissues as my advice. I think a lot of you are going to be touched <laughs> by this movie. So. Uh, thanks, guys, and I'll, I'll talk to you over the weekend. All right. Thanks, thanks, All right, we'll see you tonight also. You're going to stop by Hannity on the Fox News Channel. All right, tonight, Hannity on the Fox News Channel. We are loaded up. We will do the media's job again, all the breaking developments, both on the dossier and, of course, on the Uranium One deal and the big win. Yes, Tea Party members were targeted by the IRS. And Jay Sekulow will join us, as well as John Solomon, Sarah Carter, Peter Schweitzer, Victoria Tunson, Greg Jarrett, Sebastian Gorka, Laura Ingram. We hope you'll set your DVR, 9 Eastern Fox News, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. See you tonight at 9. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.